This episode is proudly brought to you by Buttons Brewing. You are listening to Better Off Dad. And welcome back to Better Off Dad. It's Nathan here. I'm joined by uh, Shannon, our UK correspondent. How are you, mate? Yes, going well, Nathan. Uh, it's, it's great to see you again. I haven't been on for a little while. Last time was uh, Campbell Brown, I believe. That was probably... We haven't talked too much lately, mate. Uh, last time I saw you, you weren't wearing idiot-looking uh, headphones like uh, like you've got on at the moment. Yeah, well, um, you bang on about the shit quality of my uh, audio at times. So I just went down to the pound shop and, and bought a set of... Uh, uh, gaming headphones that have got the microphone attached to the side of it. So I feel a little bit like um, Madonna wore them, didn't she? How's the new uh, business going? Was it Tasman Solutions, mate? Yeah, you know, mate, success follows success. So no, it's all going well here. <laughs> you want to give a little plug, mate? We've got thousands of UK listeners. Yeah, well, we, uh, we've got there. a few. We've got a few, and I think they're all the same people that are giving me work. It's just family, so yeah. But we have got uh, joining us uh, tonight or today in your time um, is a very special guest. We've got uh, Peter Brown with us tonight. There's a lot that, lot that we want to cover off with Peter. He's a... Um, He's a school principal. He's a uh, father, proud father of five. Uh, he's just returned as the flag bearer, nonetheless, uh, from the Invictus Games representing our country. So lots to cover off. Brownie, welcome to Better Off Dad. G'day, gents. How are you both? We're good, mate. Always we're good. Well. We, um, we're really looking forward to this one. I, um, as we said before we hit the record button, we were, um, Bakes and I were both talking about, oh, you know, love to get Peter Brown on, lot, lot to discuss. And, and yeah, how's, how's dad life going, mate? Uh, dad life's uh, always always rewarding, good fun. I um, you know, I uh, I love being a dad, so yeah, good times. Tell us a little bit about the family, mate. Got five. It's always it's always interesting. So you mentioned I've just been away. So I was the only Tassie guy in a team of thirty two, and when I told them I've got five kids, they they think there's not much for us to do down in here in Tassie. So uh, you know, um, you're a virile athlete. Exactly right. So yeah, five five little delights. Um, George is my oldest. She's sixteen. Mason's fourteen. Amber's twelve. Little Boston's six, and Billy's three, and she rules the roost. Yeah, as they do, mate. The young ones tend to uh, tend to go that way for sure, don't they? Bloody oath. And uh, yeah, for the rest of us, it's just hold on. So, how, how many girls did you have there, mate? I just heard. Got the, got the three girls and the two boys. Geez, I absolutely feel for anyone coming into that family in the years to come. Oh, it's, uh, it's exciting times. Uh, Georgia, the eldest, has just uh, just really got her first serious boyfriend, and I'm I'm looking forward to meeting the young one. Oh. Uh, mate, imagine, is... imagine knocking on the door and Brownie uh, Brownie comes in and says, "That'd be uh, that'd be terrifying." <laughs> how, how do you describe Peter Brown? And there's there's probably four distinct not I wouldn't say personalities, but um, versions of the great man so i played a bit of footy and the first time i met peter properly was in a representative game for the nwfl where we played the ntfa and i was in the back line with with brownie i have never seen people so fearful for their own life on a football field <laughs> as they were that day i was playing with brett mccall he's a local um he played up the coast we're all playing in this team and we're just looking at each other going holy shit this guy is so scary and we're on his team so there's that aspect of him <laughs> then there's the highly articulate uh the teacher and um and um, i had a, a few dealings with you during the uh nwfl return of the smithton saints and you and you operated a pretty high level at that 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 side of things there's off the field after the game you wouldn't get a, a more of a gentleman and just just a really good kind bloke and then you've got the 200 club 
or football trips version of Brownie, that it can be a bit of an animal. So, Brownie, what do you think is the best description of your good self? <laughs> um, oh, I, I think uh, I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not too sure really there. I, um, I, I just, all of that's maybe behind me a little actually. You know, yeah, I'd yeah, like to think I've mellowed, mellowed a fair bit in my old age and, and um, yeah, just like to take things as, as they come and, and I like to surround myself with good people and just benefit from, from that, I think. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you hear you describe me the way you did in different it's, contexts. It's, it's spacey though too, Brownie, but basically has a very different perception on the world in general, so uh, don't take oh, it too much to heart. Absolutely, yeah. I think I think if you met my if you met my three year old, he'd be more scared than he was on the footy field. So, <laughs> so um, yeah. no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean that. I mean that in the absolute um, best of intentions, mate. Like, you, so you run at a very high level in your profession. You're a principal of a school. Um, so, talk us through. How you get to that position, um, and and oh, I just think it's about no matter what you do, you um, you tackle it with an endeavour to do the best you can. And so I was really lucky as a young bloke to get the opportunity to be a principal at, at a small school in Stanley Primary School. Um, you know, they were good times. You know, I was only I was only twenty five um, when I got to be the principal there, and so you know, I was I was really green. Uh, we're just starting to play footy. In a, at a more more serious sort of, um, I don't know, not not such a serious level, but but taking it more serious myself and trying to get the best out of myself there. Um, so that you know, I've got really fond memories of cutting my teeth in that environment. And, and um, what did you learn, mate? What what was the biggest learnings from that? Like stepping into such a leadership role, um, how did that sort of develop your philosophies on leadership moving forward from there? I think think as a leader, it was about how you get the best out of the people around you, not necessarily, and that that then helps you get the best out of yourself. And um, and by doing it, you know, I was one of the older guys in a young footy club uh, as well back then, and so um, to to try and set those standards and those levels, just of not not through footy ability, but more through effort and work rate and, and how we get the best out of ourselves. So I was never never blessed with much skill on the footy field, but to try and help others around me get the best out of them, I think um, then that just stems across into every everyday life, whether it be working with your kids or or, or colleagues or or parents or, or, or whatever it is. So, you know, I think if you can do that well, you can sit comfortably with yourself and, and I don't know, ultimately be happy, which is what we're all after. It, it's funny, mate. You mentioned um, getting the best out of others and leadership and where, where did you – as a 25-year-old, where did you pick up on those sorts of messages as a as a way to live going forward? Was it your was it your dad? I believe you you know was it your time in the military? Was you know where were these where were these uh, lessons that you live by learned? Yeah, I think um, oh, I, I certainly certainly my family, my, you know, growing up, my, my dad, you know, they had to be pretty firm on me if um, if they hadn't been. There's not a chance I'd be sitting here talking to you boys. <laughs> it was just. Um, now that, I was on a pretty tight leash there for for most of my childhood. So, um, and then you know, le- then to have a chance to go into the defence force was just was just sensational. I mean, that just they, they were some of the best times of my life, and but, but certainly some of the hardest. They were, um, you know, you learn so much out of 
out of that. And um, and then that just stems across into – it sort of gets ingrained in you, I think. And, yeah, um, what, what did you learn, mate? What did you learn from that uh, that time that you spent in the Army? I think you, six years yeah, having there. Yeah, that's about, right. Yeah, six years. So yeah. what, what sort of qualities did you take from that into your role professionally that you're in now? Oh, you know, there's there's the there's the the formal side of stuff like uh, you know discipline and and organisation and and communication and teamwork and all of that sort of stuff. But but also, you know, doing stuff with a with a smile on your face, you know, and a, and a bit of humour and and just and just having a good time. And no matter what you're doing or what might be might be, you might be faced with, there's there's still light at the end of the tunnel. Or if some bugger's doing it worse than you, it sort of makes it a bit easier. You know, it's. It was the same with the footy field. If someone was a bit more pain than you, then everything was all right. All right. So, I don't know, just enjoying it and challenging each other. And I, I really think that was massive, challenging each other and and um, and just, I don't know, being determined, not, not letting anything beat you. So, yeah, keeping it pretty simple. Hi, it's Mike here from Better Off Dad. Next time you want to catch up with friends for a few drinks in a prime location, head to Buttons Brewing in Overston. Buttons Brewing is a family-owned brewery producing small-batch beers for the people of Tasmania's Northwest. Not only do they do tasty beers, but they serve them at their own bar and restaurant, along with burgers, pizzas, live music, and laughter every weekend. So the Invictus Games, mate, you've just returned not only, as I said in the intro, um, representing your country, um, but the flag bearer, mate. Uh, tell us a little bit, I suppose for the listeners out there that don't know a lot about it, tell us a little bit about the Invictus Games to start with. What, what's that all about? Oh, the Invictus Games are, 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 are an opportunity for ex and current service, serving um, um, members of the Defence Force, um, being able to use sport to um, help them through struggles in their lives. And, you know, so... Or, or not even struggles, just to, to have a sense of purpose. Um, the beautiful thing about it is it sports the common the commonality, and depending on where you are in your life and what what you're dealing with, you're getting out of it whatever you can. So I don't know. I, I felt that there was there were three main types of people that were competing. There were comp- there were those that just just needed to go to participate and have and have a go. There were those that wanted to better themselves and, and set personal bests. Um, you know, we had some people who were setting really good times and other people who just wanted to show their kids that they could run and they haven't ran in 10 years or something like that. And then there were others that were, you know, that, that are physically able that are setting themselves a challenge of trying to win a medal and, and that kind of thing. So you break it up like that and pull us all together. It creates an environment of real competitiveness, but it's just, just real camaraderie. It was just next world. It was so, so impressive. Now, uh, Brownie, you, you're obviously there in. Um, I'm sure there at certain divisions um, in in what you're competing in. Now, just a bit of a backstory. You, you know, yeah, up until probably three or four years ago, I guess you would consider it would be probably four or five years ago since you've had your operation. No, three. Yeah, just on three, three, three years. years ago. Yeah. So yeah. You, you know, you've 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 sustained an injury um, and. Um, you, you pushed through. You actually played a fair bit of your footy career on that on a pretty crook ankle, um, and then you got to a point where obviously it wasn't. There was, there was some serious issues there, and um, yeah, do you just want to take us through that? Yeah, as you said, I, I had a bad ankle for a long time. Uh, had a lot of unfortunately had failed surgeries to try and to, to mend that. Um, yeah, and in the end, it was ankle fusions and that sort of thing. And but 
I ended up spending about three years in a in a moon boot, and um, and uh, I was able to convince some surgeons to end up just taking it off and let me get on with my life. And um, <laughs> so, so, so it was, it was so. It was, I, I wish I'd done it a long time ago. It's been so good. It's it's really enabled me to do stuff as opposed to disable me, and and just open up oh, a little. Not just making me mobile, but you know, giving me just give me a real lease of life back again. So it's great. What a great analogy to say it's it's enabling you rather than disabling you. you know? hundred percent. I, really I really believe yeah, it. I really believe it. It's it's allowed me to do stuff that I I thought was well past me. So yeah. So, so just just talk us through that, mate. So you've 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 um. You're obviously fairly persuasive to uh, let doctors. I could just cut the bottom part of my leg off. Um, oh. how, how do you get, how do you get to that point, Brownie? Uh- <laughs> it was quite funny actually. So there were ten surgeons in the room, and they're debating about the best option for you. And there's there's ankle reconstruction, but you know your ankles are real you know, a busy part of your body and, and that doesn't really last too long. So that wasn't ideal for me. Now there's um, they're doing ankle transfusions where they take the dimensions for your ankle, find a cadaver oh, with the same dimensions yes. of your ankle and try and whip yeah, the, yeah, yeah, whip yeah, the right. dead parts, just whip the ankle out of a dead guy and pop it in you. Wow. <laughs> but my circulation in my leg was, wasn't really um, – wasn't really to the standard that I needed to for that to be successful. So, yeah, whip it off. I was fortunate to have to have this thing called osseo integration, where the rod goes up into my leg, and uh, and so my my prosthetic attaches to the rod that hangs out of my leg all the time. And um, I, you know, and the journey in that was pretty funny too. Like I was laying on the table, and I was trying to convince them to let me keep my foot. Um, <laughs> like in a jar. I, I want to put it in a jar and put it in my office. And, uh, you know, if any kid was really pushing me, don't make me use that. You know, it was like. <laughs> I'm going to get the foot out. I'm going to. Don't, don't Slap him with a pickled foot. Pickled foot. So they were. We had a bit of a debate about it. No, nah, they wouldn't let me do that, but they let me have a photo, sh- a photo shoot with it. So, oh, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I've, got, I've got some photos with. Like, you know, foot and mouth, you know, all this sort of stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, it, was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty cool. And these nurses were just disgusted. They thought it was just so inappropriate, but it was good fun. And, and I got to stay awake for the surgery, watch them cut my foot off. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It was, oh, you did. Yeah, it was you so did. good. It was so good. It was, like, it was, like, <laughs> We've talked about being in the room of childbirth, and here you are talking about watching your foot <laughs> being cut off. Like, I would, what the hell? Well, I would do what I chose every time. I've been in childbirth <laughs> yeah. for 12 few times. I'm just, That's true. I'm, just, I'm glad we can't do that. So. At least you've got a story to compare it with, mate. Bates and I have got, haven't got a story to compare uh, childbirth with. At least you've got something there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tried yeah. to get the doctor to, I tried to get to the doctor to give me my Lars. Like I had a plastic ligament put in my knee back in 2012 <clears throat> and I snapped it again and just broke it. And um, I wanted to get it and, and have it as like a little necklace thing, the plastic yeah. um, plastic ACL. And he yeah, said, no, nah, yeah. mate, you're not, you're not having yeah. that. Yeah, they don't let us keep too many bits. But it's not a foot. So, Brandy, are they like are they like conversations you have with the family, or are they like how how does that how does that consultation come about? Like, you know, about uh, whether do we give something else another shot, or do we just go, nah, that's it, I've had enough. Like, does that, is that a, like a obviously it's a personal decision, but obviously, you know, with a, with a family, it's something. I, de- I definitely, I think it's really important to to bounce ideas and stuff off the people that, that are important to you, your people, whether they be direct family or friends or, or whoever that you can trust. And 
and, and be a sounding board too. So, yeah, we were able to talk about it and it was just a matter of, you know, the, the issue is with I find with the, the, the surgeries is that just the recovery is so long and you just feel like you're treading water and, and not making the most of your life. So that's where it was for me. It's just line in the sand, right? Let's put all that behind us and just move on with the next bit. So, yeah. Um, and, and it's not to say it was easy. You know, we had um, – uh, so I have an open wound at the bottom of where the where the metal rod comes out all the time. It's a stoma. That's it's it's and it's in the particular first twelve months you get a lot of infections. So I spent you know, I get some bad infections and and spent a you know I spent a couple, nearly three months away um, at one stage in in hospital in Sydney and and, and got pretty crook. So you know it's not all beer and skittles, but yeah. you know shit happens and you get through that and you get on with the next bit. So. Right now, mate, to the Invictus Games. So we're back there. I've, uh, I took us away there for a moment. Now, um, you got to meet uh, Harry and, and Megan, I believe. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't so interested in meeting Harry. Of Megan. course. Yeah. She, um, no, they're, they're really good people. They're um, oh, really, really genuine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were really genuine, easy to talk to, uh, really generous with their time. I mean, Harry spent the whole the whole time across there, which you know he's been through a fair bit the last few years. The big gun, so so to hold on to that portfolio was it, it promotes the games massively, which is really really important, and it just continues to grow. I, I expected a big show when we went there, but it was bloody massive. It was so. Yeah. No, sorry, Bakes. I was just going to say, tell us a little bit about the atmosphere and the crowds there. Like, what sort of crowds are you performing in front of? Oh, it's, so they um. The Netherlands, I mean, obviously with their larger population, they can do pop-up uh, concerts and what have you. So they, they built this park for us, so a, like a dining hall that holds, you know, over 500 people, uh, a, a stadium that holds over 5,000 people, um, at, at different venues for all the different sports. They're all broadcast locally, you know, and it was it was every venue had its own DJ and MC and it was like the um, – Beach volleyball at the Olympics, you know that hyped up yeah. atmosphere just in every sport. Though it was so so good to be a part of, adrenaline's pumping. Here's what uh, here's what Brownie represented Australia in at the Invictus Games. I've got wheelchair basketball, seated volleyball, athletics, indoor rowing, and wheelchair rugby. How do you, how the hell do you train for that, mate? How does that all? How do you prepare for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, our preparation was was tricky. But um, but gee, it was good fun. It was it gave it gives you a real purpose, you know. So others were disappointed that COVID had pushed it back. It was supposed to be in twenty twenty, pushed it back a couple of years. Where I just really enjoyed. It gave me purpose to train and just stay healthy and and that sort of stuff. So yeah, I'm training, and it was the first time I'd ever been in a wheelchair. So you know, it was it was all new, but but really rewarding. Yeah. No competitive juices, mate, uh, come to the surface again, did they? Oh, get the mate, old, uh, the rugby. <laughs> get the old twinkle in the eye, mate, and here we go. The rugby was so good. <laughs> the rugby was the closest thing to I've had to footy since leaving footy. Yeah, right. Because you can, yeah, it's right. full it's full contact. You're allowed to smack people yeah. in chairs and hit them out of chairs. It's, yeah. oh, it's, oh, it's massive. It's so good. It makes me want to do it in the street, just throw people out of their chairs. Like, <laughs> well, you can't actually throw them. You've got to hit them with momentum. You can't. You can't touch their chair, but you, you've got to hit them with such force to knock them out, and it's just oh, it's just so good. And what about the experience of being the flag bearer, mate? How, tell us a little bit about how you found out about that and the build up to, towards that, and how you felt once you found out because it made massive achievement. Oh, like that's, that's what a, huge! It's really, such an honour. And I and I, 
Um, so we, before the team left, we got to go to the Governor General's house, Admiralty House in Sydney, and and we were just there having the. He was doing his presentation, and um, and when he announced the flag bearer, I was literally looking around the room, naming people that I thought, oh, that person would be great. They've done this, whatever else. So I've not felt the the nerves and the the surprise um, in a long time that compared to what I felt when he he said my name. So the, the honour was massive, and um. Yeah, it was it was a real buzz. It was, it was such what, a privilege. What else does it mean, mate? Obviously, obviously carrying the flag and, and the flag bearer title. What else does it mean? What other um, roles does it place on you? What other uh, experiences do you get out of out of being the flag bearer? Yeah, it, it, it came. Uh, I, you know, I joked that they were trying to get me to behave myself a bit. So, yeah, you know, feel was just having a good time while we're away. So they were trying to separate us. But um, the. Um, it was. It, it does come with extra responsibility, you know. People, you know, talking to people and promoting the games and what have you, and even this sort of stuff that we're doing here is doesn't really come naturally. Not not something I like to do too much, and I don't do a lot of social media and what have you. But to promote the games was a real responsibility of the participants to try and get that message across about what it's all about. So, um, so yeah, it, it did come. I had a, a few more things that I had to do and and what have you, but. You know, I've, if anything, it's just made me be more comfortable in my own skin. I am what I am. I, you know, would all like to change this or do that, but um, no, I um, I really, I really love the opportunity, and it was, it was great fun. In the, I think it was the, the short course rowing that I think that one of the, US, uh, the big US, the big US guy got you. Yeah, he, he got and, me both, and, actually. Did he? Did he? He he um he looked like your typical American. Uh, on the dais and carried on a bit. What were your thoughts on on, on his persona? Ah, uh, uh, he was a big unit. I think he weighed in about 120 kilo, and um, oh, he was a giant. But you know, you know, the bigger they are, you know, they, yeah, yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I would have preferred it if he was playing rugby as well. So I invited, yeah. him, I invited it to him, but he wasn't dumb. He wasn't real keen, but yeah, he did. He did really well. He had his big levers on him, and he was just pulling that. He had a massive resistance on his rower, and he he didn't look like he was he was pulling that quick, but he was pulling big weight, and yeah, he nailed me. Nailed me, but yeah, but and the rowing's just a it's a bitch of a sport. It is just your body hates you because you push yourself you push yourself as hard as you as you can, and so you know. You, it's mind over matter stuff because you, your mind's just telling you to stop, and and you can see on the on your on your rowing machine who's first, where you're placed, and who's chasing you. So and you see how many meters behind you they are, and um and so you can see someone's only two meters behind you. And you're just trying to hang on. The crowds, the crowd, and the music—it's just and your body's just screaming at you. And so the only good thing about it is when it's over. So. What sort of training do you do for that brownie? Like what? So oh, rowing machine, I reckon. Like, yeah. Oh no, I mean not only. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, all right, all right, smart. <laughs> but I mean, leading up to uh, such a mixed, such a variety of sports. Like, you know, yeah, yes, obviously rowing machine for rowing. But okay, how do you how do you prepare for uh, for the rowing machine? Rugby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, certainly the rowing machine. And oh, there was a point where I had to get stronger to try and pull what these guys were pulling and stuff. So. Um, you know, it's just your weights fit, you know, all this sort of stuff. So, um, you're just, just trying to be, have your general, general fitness. I had to change. I initially did fixed seated rowing, which, which means it's all upper body. 
and that's just that's just really taxing on your back, or whatever else. But my legs got stronger, my, so I'd only freshly had my foot off when when I got selected. So in recent as you as you mentioned before, Shannon, there's different categories that you're in. So um, yeah, I got to start using my legs in the last month or so. So thought I'd give it a go. And in a minute, the minute one I hadn't been using, I wasn't. I wasn't used to using my legs, so I pushed and I'd raise my ass off the seat. So I lost, I fell off the seat. And in the middle, you don't have much time, you don't have much leeway. And so I slid the seat back on out of my butt. And I, and I looked at that, I saw this guy, I could still get him. So I got to bite, I got to <laughs> the teeth a little bit and catch the bass. And he was a yank, so I was able to rein him in. But you know. <laughs> do they give you like a leading up to the, do you have like, a, do they supply you with um, like a, a coach or some sort of? Yeah, program you've got to follow leading up to it, or is it left to your own device to just turn up, being prepared and ready? Oh no, we're we're really spoiled. We've got coaches. Um, I think there were tw- I think there were twenty, there were 32, 32 um, team members, participants, competitors, and twenty eight support staff. So we had we had, we had coaches, coaches for all our sport, uh, physios, doctors. Sykes, you know, so yeah, no, we're really well looked after. Yep, yep. So, what's on the radar for you next, Brownie? You, you're, um, you know, you've done that. Obviously, there's a huge high off the back of that. Um, there's all this sort of media stuff. I guess you can call us media, Nathan. Are we media, Nathan? With a headset like that, mate, with a headset like that, you're definitely something. I don't know if it's media. It looks legit, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know if media is the right word. I can think of a few other words. Weirdo. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, what's, you know, what's, what's, what's next for you as far as this goes? Um, you know, are you, are you going to pull the Saints jumper on up at Circular Head or? You've sort of touched on a couple of things though. There are a lot of people where this has been a big focus for them. So to come back, it's about looking after their, their mental health and what they're doing. I'm fortunate that, you know, I've got five kids, I've got a job. So life comes back and it's busy straight away. So, you know, I, um. I, I've enjoyed the opportunity, and I'll, I've got memories that can never be taken from taken from me. But life's busy. Straight back into work. You know, enjoy chasing the kids around, taking them to sport most nights of the week, and and watching them compete. So I'm I'm really happy with that. Um, I think good routines are healthy for anybody. So you know, I still keep my fitness base up, and and who knows, you get to do two Invictus Games. Um, there's one next year in Dusseldorf in Germany. Um, if I'm lucky enough to get picked for that, I'd, I'd give that a crack again. It's like you said a moment ago, why wouldn't you? It's just so good to be involved. So how, how does that work, Brownie? So when you say you um, you can do two, how, how does what is the criteria? I, for I, 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 I've got to nominate. Um, they go through, yeah, okay. they go through yeah. a selection process. Um, during the whole process, there's a lot of camps on the, you know, so um, there'll be, you know, there'll be rowing camps. So we'll go. And it's usually in Sydney or Canberra or Queensland or, or, or South Australia. They'll fly us all to that space and, and we'll go and train and, and work together to get better. And the same, and so for each of the sports, there's camps like that throughout the journey and the lead up to the, to the games. Um, yeah, so if you're lucky enough to get get picked, you, you go and do that. So go and if you if you you know if you're an ex service member out there and you want to go to that, just go and cut your leg off and. Um... Well, it's but there's there's, there's physically able bodied people there as well, mate. Nah, I'd rather <laughs> compete in that. I'd rather compete in, in, in that. In that there's there's one sport I didn't do, and that was the powerlifting. And and, oh, yeah, and they're right. they're next level strong. Like so, they've got to do a bench press. And their legs are up on the on the bench, so they can't drive through their legs. 
Yeah. And the big boy, the big boys are pushing over two hundred kilo. Gee, that's insane. I mean, and and there's some of the some of these Yanks are I don't know what they're what they're putting in their system. <laughs> Holy shit balls! They are big units, and uh, it doesn't I look pop, natural. It's all I'll say. I, 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 I popped a rib off. I've popped a rib off my sternum, um, and I've just got back into the gym um, just recently, Brownie, and I started. Uh, bench pressing 14 kilos in the gym <laughs> over here. There's all these massive blokes here. All, I, I, I hope you're doing it in the home gym. No, nah, I thought, no, nah, I've just got to go and do it. I can't even push my – I couldn't even push my – do a push-up. It hurt that much. So I started with like a 14-kilo little load on this deck. So, yeah, I, I won't do oh, that. I won't I won't be there doing that one. Oh, oh pride aside, mate. I, I'm, were you wearing those headphones while you were doing that? Or? Mate, I, they think I'm that cool. They think I'm that cool <laughs> in the gym. I'd hate to think that you're listening to it your way. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I got up and took a spin class with them the other day. <laughs> mate, Brownie, getting back on track a little, you, you came back with obviously some – some good experiences, but you also came back with two silver medals and one bronze. You want to tell us a little bit about that? How, how did they come about? Oh, they, they were really unexpected. Um, yeah, really, honestly, like did not expect to to. to oh, well, maybe in the rugby, we we're, were a good shot in the rugby, maybe, but um, certainly not individual medals. And so they're just a bit of a well, they're, they're a bonus. Um, you know, I was able to set my best times on the rower and um, come away with two silver medals, but. Just the hype they create in that environment, you know, so it helps you get the best out of yourself and, yeah, so. So, so going in, you're aware of other times around, so you know if you're sort of in the mix, like you know if you're pretty close or you're a long way off, I guess, heading yeah. into it. So you must have known you were not too far off, I suppose, with your times heading in. Oh, in fact, I thought I was too far off, um, yeah, to, right. to, wow. to be honest, yeah, right. I, I did. But yeah, right. it, I suppose it's like any on any day, um, it depends on on who who's there. So they were previous yeah. competitors. Yep. My my meters wouldn't have got me a medal at the previous games, and yep. Um, yep. but they would have got um, the same sort of medals at, at other games. So you know, it's horses for courses. But um, yeah, and, and that would have made it more special. I think so. And and being able to, being able to see the meters and everything and who you're competing because all the rowing machines are all hooked up together and and and, and behind you. Is a, a running leaderboard. So, yeah, I saw so that. All yeah. all the audience can see who's who's place where, and and uh, I don't know. That just that just makes you get more meters than you probably have done when I'm here by myself training at quarter past five on a weekday morning. So, just back to your back to your situation with the uh, with your injury with your with your um with your peg leg. Um, my my dad. So back in the day, growing up, uh, my old man spent a bit of time in a wheelchair. And as kids, we were pretty hard on him. Like we, you know, there was no, you know, no sympathy for dad. We used to call him names like um, the fat thing in the corner. Um, um, he struggled. We we didn't have a, a disabled um, t- shower there for a little while, and you know he could only shower every couple of days. Like it was a big effort to get him, and, and he, his hair went a bit greasy. So we called him the Exxon Valdez. Um, do your kids do your kids stir you up about your um, prosthesis? You know, they say. Come on, Dad. Let's hop into it and things like that. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, they are. They're hanging stuff on me whenever they can. Um, they're, 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 the beautiful thing is, though, there's always that. 
that that uncertainty. They don't know when I might or might not snap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so they're always on their toes, but um, nah, it's, it's good fun and. And um, what a, even the little ones, they thought they were hell of really funny there not long ago when they started calling me Daddy Long Leg. Not Daddy oh, Long Legs, yeah. Daddy Long Leg. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah, you little smart asses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're all good with that. And, um, they must have been pretty pretty proud, Dad, coming over with a couple of medals and uh, representing his country. They'd be pretty wrapped with that, wouldn't they? Oh, it was, yeah, it was really sweet. I mean, I was lucky enough to take my eldest daughter came across with me. And, uh, oh, really? And Mum was on board. So, oh, so that's, wow. That's part of the package. So each, ah, each, right. each competitor gets to take a couple of people with them. Because, yep. um, oh, how cool is that? You know, so that's, to, to experience that with us. So, yeah, that was really sweet to share that with them and – you know, so yeah, and so, so so who went? Was it Jenna and no, um, uh, Georgia, my eldest, and and my mum. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, so wow. she, oh, she's she's always been a she's probably been a big supporter through this journey, and sweet for her to be able to see see all of that. She's from over that not not the Netherlands, but the UK, and yeah, so it was good for her. Good for them. Yeah, cool. For them to allow your family to be involved, that's that's so awesome. Oh, it's huge. They um, I'd hate to think of the expense, but they recognise that it's also helping, or significantly, it's sports the catalyst, but to help people mentally have purpose and 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 lead happy lives, and and they see that bigger connection too. And um, I mean, we got to fl- we flew in a, an air force an air force plane, you know, all you know, so all the all the players, all the competitors were. In first class, um, you know, so you know, we're, we're fed, we're housed, we're, we're cared for. I mean, ship rolls again, like you said before. Why wouldn't you be involved? Where did you Where did you do yours? Like, so you did six years. Obviously, there's training and all those different things. Were you ever posted anywhere, or did you? Nah, I, I don't have any good gory stories or anything. No, like no, that. no, I wouldn't. No, uh, I'm not suggesting that. <laughs> Oh, no, I mean as in adventures or whatever, but but I love the tra- I, I love the training side of stuff. Um, I, I, you know, I went in as a what was I nearly seventeen when I when I first joined and you know, doing your recruit course and that sort of stuff and it being hard and but just just and, and just enjoying that um, that challenge and you know, so I I got to do that for a while. I, I became a mortarman and uh, and then I went and did officer training at at Duntroon and. And became a lieutenant. So, how was that pathway then from there, Brownie, from um, from the army, leaving the army to becoming a principal? It was it was really at crossroads. Um, do I choose one or the other? Um, and then, and for me, the defence had sort of served its purpose. And I don't know. I, I liked um, I liked the aspect of family and having control of that, and not being more of a nomad and going from places to place. So, you know, um, that's that's the pathway I chose. I really liked. Um, you know, the opportunity of being principal in a, in a small school allowed me to have the close contact with kids still and, and teaching and learning while still having that additional responsibility. So I stayed there for, for 10 years in that role, went to a little bit bigger school and now I'm at Boat Harbour. So it's been, it's, been a, it's been a great journey. How long have you been in that role, mate, at Boat Harbour? This now? is coming into my fourth year. I understand it's, it's been a challenge though. Um, that's when I had my foot off as well. So... Um, you know, being away, away for substantial amounts of time when you're trying to establish yourself and 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 build that new culture. Um, but the place is buzzing now. I'm really fortunate to be around really supportive, quality people. And if you can do that, then geez, you can you can achieve anything. So 
It is a good little school. It's got a great reputation. Um, obviously, we've gone through a bit of a change in um, education for my six-year-old boy over here. So we've gone from, you know, the Aussie curriculum over here to the UK curriculum. I'd, I'd nearly, I'd, I'd like to say, I, I think the Australian system is far better than than what's happening here, as far as um, you know, the standards and and um, and the communication with with parents and so forth. Um, what 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 do you think has set uh, Boat Harbour, um, for instance, apart from you know these other schools in the area in the in the, in the same sort of um, age groups? I think um, while it, it does have a good reputation, I think all the schools in our area have a lot to a lot to offer. Um, the the fortunate thing where we're at now at Boat Harbour is that it's not just me, you know, being a um been an authoritarian or anything like that it's um you could if you wanted to everyone being on the same page and ha- <laughs> well well the kids know if they're going to mess up they're going to you know they're going to cop the wrath you know they're going to they're going to see the it's, foot. it's, it's, it's going to come their way <laughs> but but they also know that that once that's dealt with it's a fresh start and away we go so you know i love going to school and having a, having a great laugh with with everyone that's there whether it be kids or adults and and then um and just achieving good things. So I think if you can create that, that, that really fun, positive environment, kids feel safe and want to be there, I think that's a, a real priority for me is to make sure kids feel safe. And if they, if they can, they'll be comfortable being themselves and they'll, they'll learn to, that, that it's okay to take risks. I think um, we need them to, to learn how to do that and challenge themselves and get out of their comfort zones and, and that's how they'll, they'll find a passion or realise that they're going to be okay if it doesn't quite go according to plan. So if I can, if I can do that for them, then, then, then they're going to be all right. They're going to find what it is that's going to help them lead a happy life. So I'm really passionate about that. It's funny. You mentioned like finding those things that they could be passionate about. Like I look back on – like my, my um, life was sort of set in um, uh, primary school. We had like a, cr- a cracking like, um, PE teacher – who just put that extra effort in with a you know with me and others others obviously uh, Kevin Nielsen he, he was a he was a school teacher up this way and um, he, you know he'd take me for runs along the river track as a as an eight year old eight or nine year old and you know up it was about about two years ago I was out on the river track running and this bloke hasn't lived here for years he he, he was back visiting his mum we passed each other on the river track you know so. That that's my life now. I run. That's what I do. And you know, he just showed an interest in me. And uh, you know, then the, our paths meet thirty years later. And uh, just through those habits that, that that you learn from a teacher or or an influence, you know. So it's a pretty cool role to have as a principal to to mould people's lives, as my my friend Greg Sharman says. <laughs> you said it a bit faster, though. I reckon. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, uh, but but I think he's nailed it though because I think the education isn't just about you know reading, writing, and arithmetic. We're trying to build whole whole packages here so that they you know so that they're resilient. So when I talk about keeping them safe. It's also letting them fail or, or find some go through some hard times and and be able to cope with that and realise they're okay and become resilient and determined and passionate and all of that stuff. So and you know have good social skills. Be uh, be respectful. You know, I'm massive on on not just respectful to me, but to everyone in our school. Each, you know, whether it be, you know, a, someone young in a younger grade or an older grade or an adult or a parent or the cleaner or anyone that's there. And if we can instill those good values in them, they're going to be okay. 
It's interesting, Brandon, those values that you talk about and those life skills, it sounds like you've got a lot of those from from uh, spending time in the army, spending time in the, in the Invictus Games, uh, spending time in football clubs. It sounds like it's a bit of a culmination of, of a lot of things that have come together to, I suppose, instill those values in, that you want to pass on. Is that, that a fair call? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think... Um, I think- I think we we live and learn from all of the opportunities that are presented to us, and and we try and take the good bits out of it. You know, I, I you know, Shannon talks about a teacher that he had, and and, and I too, I, I try to think, oh, I'm going to be like that when I when I'm a teacher, or or quite the opposite. Oh, shit, I'm never going to do that. And we take bits and pieces from stuff, and and I don't know, we we sort of relate to how they make us feel. And we want other people to feel that that good stuff as well. So now, what's what's next for you, Brownie? Um, you know, what do you got coming up? What's uh, what's 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 the things that keeps Peter Brown going? Uh, oh, I'm I'm enjoying being back involved in the Smith and Footy Club. Yes, yeah. Way. Just give me give me a quick rundown of that. So I'll I'll I will cut in. So obviously, the Smith and Football Club's a local footy club in the in the northwest region, and it went into recess and and then. Um, Recently, it's just come out of recess, and it's back. It's back in the NWFL, best regional football comp in Australia, and uh, and Brownie and I had a little bit to do with it. Um, uh, can I just jump in here, Brownie? Can I just jump in here? Can I ask you a question? Because Shannon, Shannon has claimed. No, I have not. That he has single-handedly no, no, I have not. brought the Smithton Football Club back from the dead. Now. You have played a major <laughs> role in the Shannon, according to you. Yeah. Now, can you confirm that, Brownie? Is there any truth to that? Zero. Or is, no, absolutely is it just not. Brownie, this is all bullshit. <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I could, how I could deny that. No, no, I just think, yeah, with, without Shannon, there's not a chance this would have happened. Uh, there, was a good, there, was a good, there was a little bit of a period of time where I was too scared to go over um, Sisters Hills just through fear of the, the bush clubs um, you know, burning me out. Yeah, what does it mean to a community to have, have that football club Back up and going in a, in a community like Smith in Circular Head area. How important is a football club for that community? Oh, I think it's massive, and and uh, and Shannon was just touching based on it there. The challenge with um with our region is that we've got the two different competitions. So you got the, you got the locals, and you've got the, what what Smithton's a part of now. And 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 as and as passionate I am I am about the Smith and Footy Club. They are all passionate about their clubs too, and in trying to keep them going. So that's that's the challenge in our region. But I just think it's it's so important for um, for our our youth or even young men to be able to have the pathway to compete at the highest level they can. And if and if the Smithton Footy Club's it, so be it, and that's that's great. But if that's a the catalyst to then go to, to to bigger and better things, then they need that. So I, I don't think it can be underestimated just how important it is. And and, I, and I, we've all been involved in. In, the, in footy clubs and they're great places to be they create quality people and so yeah I, I think it's huge I love the I love the dynamic um, that uh, clubs from the other side of the hills uh, are, are able to get when you go down to Smithton so you go down there to, to play at Smithton and it's it's so combative on the field from the players and then obviously over in the cam bar and the crowd like it's you really feel like you it's 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 a town against your little after the game, they're just so um, they get they really get around you. You know that the, the crowd will say, "Oh, you know it was great. You know, well played today." Or, you always or, felt like you were playing the whole town of Smithton, didn't you? 
You did. You did. You yeah, did. that's a great thing. Like, yeah. That's a great thing. So like, I felt. I, I, I personally felt yeah, that all these all these other kids coming through, like the, the, you know, there's three years of um, underage players from Wynyard and Burnie and Olsen that didn't get that opportunity to go down there and be put outside your comfort zone, as you say, Brownie, uh, and, and learn something about yourself. Because I reckon you <laughs> you learn something about yourself every time you played down there. And I just think having the Saints back up and cracking is absolutely brilliant. I do want to get back to obviously being a dad podcast and I knew there were so many different topics that we wanted to cover off uh, with you because there's a lot happening here and, and that's 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 awesome, mate. And that's why we were so excited about getting you on as a guest. But um, tell us a little bit about being a dad, mate. What, what's your favourite part about being a dad? I think that evolves over time. It changes. You know, so, so if I use right now as an example, I've got got my kids, um, that, well, they've all played sports since they've been you know, five or six, um, but it's a different level sport now. And so, you know, daughter's playing, you know, my daughter's daughter, well, both daughter, daughters are playing um, net, netball and, and challenging themselves at the highest level they can get to there. Georgia's, Georgia's in at Lonnie and, and and if you live up this end of the world, you've got to be willing to travel. So, you know, so um, Amber's through to, through to Bernie and, and Mason's playing, well, as much as it pains me at the moment, uh, with Wynyard. He's... Um, the Wynyard Footy Club have been really, really looked after our kids and, and those who couldn't play at that level, they've they really embraced everyone with open arms. So, so yeah, he plays under 14s there. Which so when you talk about highlights, watching them shine and and do well at life and and you know tackle challenges and that sort of stuff is really rewarding as a dad. Still having a couple of young ones in in six and three is is just sweet. You know their their innocence and 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 watching them grow and and then having that gap between. You know the, the the bottom two and the top three, and, and how much they all dote on each other, is is pretty sweet and rewarding too. But you know, I still remember, you know, having having my first when she was first born, and and um and trying to explain to the younger boys at the footy club, which is all of them pretty much, that you you won't be able to understand it until it happens to you. Until it, it's people having babies everywhere in the world, when it happens to you, you realise just how big of a deal it is, and. And it changes your life from there on in, and I, and I love it. It's a game changer. Isn't a bloody it? Yeah, and it's, it's a game changer. It's Absolutely, best thing in the world. How do you how are you going with your with your life balance, mate? With with work and all these. Other, oh, I've lost Bakesy there. He'll come back. Yeah. I'm sure. How are you going with your life balance, mate? With work and and obviously a family, you know, five kids. I mean, how are you juggling everything? It, it is a juggle. Finding yeah. time for yourself as well. The, the, the balance is always tricky. You know, work 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 life balance more so than anything. Um, and it and it comes in in waves. Sometimes work needs a little bit more attention, and you give yourself a kick in the pants when you can, and and get back to the family. But but fortunate enough to have um, you know good people around us to to support. You now the ki- you know Jenna, the kids' mum, and you know that they, they they read that and look after you as well. And um, you know when we use something like exercise to get you fit, but doing that when they're all still asleep, so it's not taking up yeah, that time. Yeah. And yeah, but. You know, I, I find my time as well is is with the kids, so yeah, sorry, I'm okay yeah. with that. Do you want Jenna to get any time out? Or? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, it's funny. We asked that. Uh, we've asked that a lot of our guests, and we, we say, "Do you get time out for yourselves?" And we, we've had a lot of different answers. Obviously, a lot of different circumstances, but it's it's bloody tricky, isn't it? I think it's about putting it in perspective, and you know, sitting around the dinner table. It's, it's time together as as well as with the kids. You know, yeah. Sometimes it sometimes you're, you're nagging at them to eat their veggies or whatever else, and and it's and it's not as not as warm as what you you wish it was, but you know, but it's it's all good, <laughs> mate. I can see that you that you're, you're loving life being a dad. You, you sound like you 
you're on top of things with with in your professional life as well. I don't know whether Shannon's coming back. We've lost him. I think he had a uh, someone knocking at the door, wondering what 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 he's doing in the house. <laughs> why why <is> he <laughs> work? Especially doing a podcast with those stupid looking bloody headphones <laughs> on. So uh, he's probably getting dragged down the street. Yeah, the, moment, the police but, uh, have probably got hold of him. I reckon. <laughs> so I'm not sure whether he's going to come back, but mate, I think we've covered off everything we wanted to, Brownie. But um, mate, thank you for for being so open and so honest about everything, and, and being so upfront and, and telling your story. And, and that's what this is about. It's about telling your story, and we've all got a different story. We all come from from different areas, and we've got different experiences. That uh, yours is something you should be really proud of, mate, because it, uh, you're ticking a lot of boxes in in being a good dad and a good role model. And um, yeah, we wish you all the best with it, whatever comes. Yeah, good on you, mate. I think that's uh, it's really kind of you to say, and, and it's it's not always easy, but um, I think you boys are doing a really good thing in, in recognising that and celebrating that, and so keep doing what you're doing and and kicking goals. Good on you, mate. Please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on, and leave a review. Please be nice. Thank you for listening. Too bad off that. <laughs>